Happy media, happy June, happy Sunday, and yes, <laughs> and last week we are releasing another episode in this beautiful month. Trust me, guys, I've missed you so much. I feel like I want to hug you guys right now. I, I honestly want to. In fact, I'm hugging you. Just close your eyes and see me hugging you. I've missed us so much. Well, thank you for tuning in back to this podcast. Trust me when I say we have missed you and we have a lot, I mean a lot, in store for you today. <laughs> Yay! Guess what? Today's topic is Thanksgiving, the remedy to fear and depression. Trust me guys, God is ready to bless us in amazing ways. And of course, of course, it's gonna be with me, your humble host. Nancy Egariba, I can thank you guys enough for sticking with us. You guys have been super, super amazing. I trust that as much as God has been faithful to me, He has been faithful even in the littlest thing in your story. Yes, God is in the story, God is in your details. All right, so we'll be moving straight up into the Word, but before then, know how we do it get your book get your bible get your pen be ready to learn and receive from god let your heart be full with expectations god is ready to fill them up but for now just back to the music well in case you are just joining us well this is gospel and simple time podcast and you are welcome to be a part of this family we love and appreciate you sit back be attentive and be an active listener while we go straight into the word of god so we're gonna say a short prayer heavenly father thank you for your word is coming into our hearts and it's bringing light and life to us in the name of jesus thank you father because we receive that which you want us to learn, we come to the understanding of it and our hearts are blessed today. You're going to speak through me to the ears of your people, for in Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Hi guys, so yes, we are going straight into the word. I hope you're ready. So before we begin, I would like to give a shout out to those of you who um, gave topics you want to hear in this episode. Thank you so, so much for being an active participant and listener to this podcast. We do not take you for granted, not at all. Okay, so yes, but majority of people chose to... to um, hear this topic in this podcast, which is the remedy to fear and depression. 
thanksgiving a remedy to fear and depression that doesn't mean that your topic will not be treated it sure means that we are getting there thank you so so much all right so i would love us for us to know what exactly we want to talk about today you know sometimes we come across words we use them often and we don't really know what exactly they mean or sometimes we have an idea about it so yes thanksgiving I hope you are right. Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude, a public celebration in acknowledgement of a divine favor. So specifically, we are relating this back to Christianity. We are narrowing it back to Christianity. So um, remedy is something that corrects or counteracts another thing. And it can also be described as a medicine or treatment. Then we have here. Fear is false evidence appearing real. If you are going to um, explain it in its acronyms, it is a strong, uncontrollable, unpleasant. Take note, a strong, uncontrollable, unpleasant emotion or feeling caused by actual or perceived danger or threat. Lastly, what is depression? Depression is a period of low morale happiness or happiness it is a state of mind producing serious long-term lowering of enjoyment of life or inability to visualize a happy future leading to self-inflicted injury or even suicide so you see all of these things that we have explained now or defined they are very important in understanding what exactly we want to talk about today they are the foundation okay so thanksgiving is acknowledgement of a divine favor public celebration remedy is a cure a medicine treatment or something that corrects or counteracts fear is false evidence appearing real it is strong uncontrollable unpleasant emotion and it is caused by actual or perceived danger or threat and depression is a period of low morale now how exactly is thanksgiving a remedy to fear and depression i think this topic is really a a broad one but very interesting so one thing we must note is that fear depression contradict the answers that christ gave on the cross I hope we are following so fear depression they contradict the answer that christ gave on the cross and what the christ gave on the cross he gave his life he gave his all and then he said that it is finished see that was no cliche statement it was basically saying that it is finished what exactly is that thing that thing that is not aligning to god's imagined um, picture of us God's um, um, initial vision of how we are going to be to him anything that is not aligning Christ dealt with it on the cross by dying and not just by dying by not staying dead he came up again to show you that you have victory over those things so meaning that depression and fear isn't the disposition of a believer hallelujah depression and fear is not the correct disposition of a believer now one of the ways we can 
actually cause a remedy to come is by first pinpointing that there is an actual problem or there is an actual sickness or there is an actual abnormality so you see that fear and depression is not an in is not the believer's natural state so it is abnormal so it is not what it is meant to be that is why a remedy is needed so thus it is a wrong state to be in so remedy is required for it in normal terms depression is below the normal when you say depression if you just want to talk about something that is depressed it means that it is lower lower than what it should be yes it is true that as believers it is not part of god's will for us but this doesn't deny the fact that some believers still go through this phase i see a lot of people talk down on believers emotions how they feel some people still struggling with fear depression and honestly that's not kind of us yes we know that it is an abnormal state but it's like seeing a sick person and driving them from the hospital to go home it doesn't make sense a sick person needs help that is the same thing with a believer who's depressed that is the same thing with a believer who's struggling with fear so we it is not it is not advisable to now talk to a sick person and say you're actually meant to be okay but i don't know why you're not okay but you have to leave the hospital no that's not that's not what we have to do we as believers um the bible says that iron sharpens iron so we have to come together encourage ourselves in faith if you see a believer who is not living the normal disposition that christ has made us into or given us to be um um to to dwell in then what we ought to do is to find ways to help such a person so this does not deny the fact that people still go through this whether they publicly say it or not believers are still scared yes and some believers are still depressed i have a friend who says that i don't believe in depression that's fine But please if somebody comes to you and say I'm depressed that should not be your first response to them. Don't help our brother kill himself or don't help our sister kill herself. Okay, that's not that's not you helping. You don't talk down on people's emotions just because you don't believe it exists. Okay? So the first question should be why should a person who is scared or depressed even be grateful at all? What should they be grateful for? It does not make sense. So I'm just coming to meet a person who's depressed or scared and say be thankful. I think at that point some Nigerians would say I deserve a slap. <laughs> It is laughable but at that point they can't really see any reason to be grateful. It amazes me that depression is not even fear concerning the moment. Fear is like, oh, I'm perceiving a danger and that's why I'm scared. But depression is like worry that builds up over time concerning a future that you have no idea about. You haven't even seen it. 
So there is this part of you that keeps telling you, oh, what if, what if it doesn't work this way? What if it turns out bad? What if I don't even have a future at all? What if I'm not going to make it? What if I'm going to die in this operation? What if this? What if that? What if this? And sometimes I, I pause to ask myself and some people, like, why is it easier to think of the negative waters? What don't you think of? What if you actually make it out alive? What if it actually works out for your good? What if you actually become a billionaire? What if? What if? Bible says whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think ye on these things. Think ye on these things. Very important. Very important. So sometimes these people don't even know that they are depressed. It's that bad. It's that bad. Like it's like it's like saying somebody is slipping from the top of the mountain to the depressed state. Like and and then they are there. Some people get there and then they find a, a very weird comfort, a very weird solace, a very weird part of them that want to stay there especially those people that love self-pity do not get me wrong but then there are just some people that don't know how it happens they just want people to be sorry for them they just want people to empathize with them um like somehow but like it happens okay it happens i've seen it i've seen I, i've seen um classmates i've seen people who um all of a sudden, this ever bubbly some person just becomes so dull and is okay with it. Like you can't even tell, you can't tell exactly, like, like they don't even know what it means to be joyful anymore. And, and they've accepted it as this is the normal. So anybody who is actually joyful does not, is the person who's not normal. Like you see those people as okay now something is wrong with this one like what, what exactly are you joyful for that's how bad it gets but then is this god's will no one short thing that leads to depression is the fear of the future why is the believer scared in the first place why for you to have believed, it means you have put your faith in Jesus and this finished work on the cross. Meaning that your faith is what you live by now. It says the just shall live by what? Faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. So it means that as a believer, this is our constant state. To live by faith is like the oxygen we breathe in. That is why we are called believers because we always believe. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it seems things are going wrong, even when we are faced with it, that, oh, this is actually wrong, this is bad, this is not what it's meant to be. A believer is still a believer because even in that position, he or she still believes. Praise God. 
So the now moment. The challenges they face now, the world we are in, situations not aligning to what they want, disappoint. They are just they're just like that they get worried easily worried over certain things even things that they have control over they just want to worry or rather they just find themselves worrying like my pastor would say some people are going through a lot i actually discovered this statement is true like true you really don't know hey like i i've <laughs> this past few few weeks i've seen i've seen a lot of people go through a lot i couldn't like like there's some things that you just see and you can't even talk anymore you can't proceed you don't you don't even know how it happened you don't you don't know what to tell these people you don't know the right words to say you don't know the comfort to give because it will actually dawn on you that wow so people actually go through this <laughs> you really cannot tell you really cannot tell and then some people a lot is going through them this ones they have passed the going through a lot stage and others they are the a lot themselves they are the ones that are passing through people <laughs> because some some situations are really so bad that you you really don't get to you really get so numb you don't even know the solutions to prefer but yeah we have all we we need we have all we need all we ever need in christ so this shows us that every day we all wake up to face something new something new something different so as soon as you finish dealing with this problem something else comes up but the difference between a depressed believer and another who is not is our response to situations please take note of this thing the bible tells us that in this world we will have trials it says be of good cheer for i have overcome the world now the bible do not just point out stories or point out things because it just wants to say them no it is telling you the state of the world there are going to be a lot of challenges you are going to face every day this is what people live by challenges comes my pastor would also say that challenges are food for champions but like there are problems that you're faced with and you ever you you really did not think that you would pass them but you did and here you are so our response towards whatever we go through is what differentiates a depressed believer from one who is not because imagine it now we're finished saying that everybody goes through a lot everybody faces challenges so why is it that some are depressed and some are not let's take a very good instance when i was in primary school okay i i think i wrote my my kg3 exams 
<laughs> it's very funny but please like i was entering primary school and to me kg3 third term exams was like hmm, we couldn't write exam so when i did that i i i i entered into primary school i have a younger brother and so um when he was in kg3 he he, he said um nancy how is the exam like how is primary school like and i'm like if you like don't read you think this is easy hey don't read now you will see i mean why what do we do that time to be to be doing addition and subtraction and all of those stuff but then then but then to me it felt like oh god i'm going to be writing in promotion exams i'm entering primary school and so that same fear I had i transferred it to my younger brother i don't know maybe i felt oh it will help him prepare more or something but i saw myself doing that in primary six um primary six exam um i did the same thing too it was when i was in j3 my brother I, my brother asked my brother said to me i told him you not be reading for your junior wife now or your junior neko don't you think you are um you don't know that you're going to be writing your exam soon i mean you think it's easy and he's like i beg i beg i beg i beg all the ones you told me kgt primary six is not the exams that were passed and they're not passed it's not a simple thing you just put in fear somebody's mind then it dawned on me that oh yes truly those exams were really not a thing but because as at that point we haven't passed it it felt like the biggest exam in the world we would prepare our lives over it. There's this book for those of us that used Ugo see Ugo. There's this very book, common entrance book that has a lot of past questions. I stayed up reading that thing. Like it felt like I was going to enter into the university. Like, do you get it? I was so engrossed in oh, it's promising exam. I have to pass before I can enter secondary school. This and that, blah blah blah, and all of those things. Before me, it looked like a very um high mountain that i can't climb but then after climbing you're like this is even mount everest so why was i just getting in the first place that is because you have defeated it so every challenge faced before us today is because we think there is no way out we think that we cannot be at the other side of you but hear me and hear me clearly you are gonna go through that successfully and then you look back and be like ah, was, did i did i really cry during this period did i did i really did i like, like you're just gonna be amazed at how scared you were over something that you have defeated so our response to these things matter so immediately i learned that i began responding better to my exams i just tell myself it's gonna be over soon it's an exam i do my best i'd read i'd study but it is an exam it is not the end of the world then after i do i i i, I would answer some questions and mark and then i realized maybe I'm, I'm i'm not passing as much as i want to i'll just start crying it's funny now when you look back at it but to, to a kg3 person now also a primary primary six people it's, so every at the more we conquer challenges the more we go through stuff the stronger and better we become
I did not say you should use your hand and go and find a lot to go through. Please. So, what exactly is our response? Is it faith or is it fear? The latter is simple, which is fear. Fear, fear. You don't have to say anything for fear to come. Fear comes by fear. <laughs> fear comes by itself. I mean, you could just say, you could just have finished watching a movie. All of a sudden, you're just scared that something is going to happen. It creeps in like a thief, and that's it. Sophia does not need your permission to come. Mm -mm. It doesn't need your permission to come. But you can choose to either kick it out or let it stay. So at some point, everybody has been scared. At some point, everybody is scared. At some point, we all are faced with fears. But do you let it stay or do you kick it out? It's a, a question we have to sit back and ask ourselves. So you don't you don't del you don't deliberately say I want to be scared. No, it is what you perceive. It is what you imagine. It is faith is deliberate. As much as God has given us the faith we need, it is deliberate to choose faith over fear. It is a very deliberate thing. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it means that there have to be a hearing. You have to listen. You have to see the word of God. You have to read it. You have to know it. You have to stay with it. There is an effort. There is a deliberate action. If I keep lazing around and saying faith is going to come, if I'm if if uh, if somebody's depressed or if somebody's scared, and saying faith is going to come. that that's not how faith comes faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so the more we are conversant with what god's word has said concerning the better it is for us the more we begin to know and it dawns in our spirit and faith is stirred it says in faith we begin to fix our gaze on jesus all that he did on the cross that is what we are grateful for. That, oh, because Jesus died and he rose again, ah, I can be more than what I think I can be. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I have the power. My life is beautiful. My tomorrow is assured. Why? Because we died with him and then we rose again. When we rose again, we sat with him in heavenly places. So we are no more the people we used to be. So we cannot believe in the life that Jesus paid for. No, the Bible, um, um, I was in a sermon one time and they said that, um, okay, the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, so that you and I can be saved, okay? That's what the Bible says. I'm, I'm, I'm not um, quoting specifically, okay? That's paraphrasing, paraphrasing it. And um, this pre the preacher said, your depressed you was not what Jesus died for. Jesus 
didn't die to give you a depressed life. Jesus didn't die to make you poor. Jesus did not die to make you a failure. He didn't die for disappointment. He didn't die for you to be sick. So it's like, oh, somebody has paid the price, but I want to still be a debtor. No, you have to stand your ground knowing fully well that these things have been paid for. So our, our faith helps picture Christ and the work he did on the cross for us. So we begin to have certainty of how our lives are going to end, of how the story ends. We may not have total control of the processes, but what we do have control over is the big picture. What do you choose to see? How we respond to it? Now let's look at the Bible. Philippians 4 verse 8. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about these things that are excellence and worthy of praise think about them so we see that faith is a deliberate action faith is a deliberate thing fix your thoughts fix your thoughts on that oh how christ has died to give me a beautiful life Let's take for instance the story of Peter. Peter was distracted. He was, he was distracted from his focus on Christ as a disciple. Somebody who was like hand in hand with God, with Jesus rather. He was distracted and then he began to drown. But imagine if Peter has, had chosen to put his gaze back on Jesus. Oh, Peter wouldn't have drowned. But he let fear swallow him up he let fear stay well imagine despite that christ still reached out and he helps him okay so do not stay there do not stay in that position and think it is comfortable to know that your life is not going to turn out well or it is comfortable to know that this world is full of wicked people and bad things are going to happen so can we all just now say that we are victims of bad experiences choose to know and say what you would see in your life okay so let's give another instance now concerning fate what do you say when a person rides a car while you're at the back seat struggling with the steering and somebody is driving you or riding the car to wherever you want to go to let's take for example a boat rider okay a boat driver rather and um, you, you sit at the back seat. All you have to do is basically just state where you are going to, right? Um, but then you start struggling with the steering. Aha! You start struggling with the steering. What does that tell you? That's what most of us do as believers. We want to really have control over everything. Leave the driver to take you to where you are going to. But no, we want to see what exactly the driver is saying. We want to be the one in front. We want to have everything under our control. And this builds up worry in our hearts. It builds up worry in our hearts, especially for things that we can't control. But the Bible says tomorrow we take care of itself. The best you can do is plan, pray, and prepare. Not worry. Not worry. Don't worry. It says, be careful for nothing. 
But with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Philippians 4 verse 6. So do not fret. With prayer and supplication, that's a deliberate action. The better it is for us, the more we begin to know and it dawns in our spirit. And faith is third. It says, in faith, we begin to fix our gaze on Jesus. All that he did on the cross. That is what we are grateful for. That, oh, because Jesus died and he rose again, ah, I can be more than what I think I can be. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I have the power. My life is beautiful. My tomorrow is assured. Why? Because we died with him and then we rose again. When we rose again, we sat with him in heavenly places. So we are no more the people we used to be. No. The Bible... Um, um, I was in a sermon one time and they said that, um, okay, the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame so that you and I can be saved, okay? That's what the Bible said. That's paraphrasing, paraphrasing it. And um, this pre the preacher said, your depressed you was not what Jesus died for. Jesus didn't die to give you a depressed life. Jesus didn't die to make you poor. Jesus did not die to make you a failure. He didn't die for disappointment. He didn't die for you to be sick. So it's like, oh, somebody has paid the price, but I want to still be a debtor. No, you have to stand your ground knowing fully well that these things have been paid for. So our, our faith helps picture Christ and the work he did on the cross for us so we begin to have certainty of how our lives are going to end of how the story ends we may not have total control of the processes but what we do have control over is the big picture what do you choose to see how we respond to it now let's look at the bible the bible says in um philippians 4 verse 8 it says and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellence and worthy of praise. Think about them. So we see that faith is a deliberate action. Faith is a deliberate thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on that, oh, how Christ has died to give me a beautiful life. Let's take for instance the story of Peter. Peter was distracted. He was, he was distracted from his focus on Christ as a disciple. Somebody who was like hand in hand with God, with Jesus rather. He was distracted and then he began to drown. But imagine if Peter has, had chosen to put his gaze back on Jesus. Oh, Peter wouldn't have drowned. But he let fear swallow him up he let fear stay but imagine despite that christ still reached out and he helped him okay so do not stay there do not stay in that position and think it is comfortable to know that your life is not going to turn out well or it is comfortable to know that this world is full of wicked people and bad things are going to happen so can we all just now say that 
we are victims of bad experiences, choose to know and say what you would see in your life. It says, be careful for nothing. But with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Philippians 4 verse 6. So do not fret. With prayer and supplication, that's a deliberate action. Pray. Pray. Because worrying would not add an extra hair to you. But like somebody would say, we have a father who is willing and able to bless us. Beyond whatever you can think or imagine. He'll bless you with good things and at all times so that you will abound in every good work. That is my father. So worry takes us nowhere. It's just the same way you can go to, I don't know why I like using Elomos, but permit me. It's just the same way you can go to Elomos house and, and you get there, they serve you um, 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 a place to stay. And for that night, you are worried about what you're going to eat the next day. Elomos apartment. You are a well-recognized visitor or guest. Uh -huh. You can't be worried. But when you go to people who you think are not financially stable, you want to um, even be the one to bring something home for everybody to feed on. That shows your mindset in two different scenarios. So you must be able to trust that our father is willing and able to take care of you. The songwriter says, if he dresses the lily, how much more will he clothe you? How much more will he love you if he takes care of each and every sparrow? So this is what we are thankful for. The cross, the finished works of Christ. For in him we move, in him we live, in him we have our being. Christ is our sufficiency. He is the guarantee that our lives are going to turn out well. He is the guarantee that our lives are beautiful because he has paid for it. We owe the world nothing than to be successful. We owe the world nothing than to have a beautiful life. We owe the world nothing time to live a life full of gratitude because we know how the story ends. So if he has freely given us Jesus, what more will he be told from you? Romans says, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So Thanksgiving helps direct our focus properly. It is an acknowledgement that yes, my father loves me and he is in control of my life. So even in good and bad times, Coming up to an expected end, even in the times where your car broke down, in the times where you had an accident, in the times where your ex broke up with you, in the times where you didn't get the job, in the times where you failed the exam, in the times where you got betrayed, it is working for your good. In the times where you lost a loved one, in the times where you don't even know what the next thing to do. For your life you don't have a plan you don't know what's going to happen next. you can't even feed it is working for your good we have to prayerfully plan and prepare not worry not worry for we are certain that our lives are beautiful because we have the seal of salvation he says that seal of salvation is a proof that we are god's own that we are god's children he says if your earthly father will not give you stone when you ask for bread what makes you think 
Christ to do that. So we can do more because we are meant for more. The, the proof of ownership of God over our lives is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit empowers us for more. We are meant for more. We are not meant to be bothered. We are not meant for being worried. No, we are meant for more because we can do much more. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So yes, with you and me, nothing can be impossible. Worry no more, my dear. Every day be grateful that the cross has dealt with all contradictions because now you have all that pertains to life and godliness. You have all that you need for the life you want. It's gonna take a step after the other and you are gradually getting there, you are gradually doing it. Challenge yourself that this remaining months of the year, I choose to be thankful. I choose to be thankful both for the things I see and the things I don't see. Because in thanksgiving, your eyes are open to all that the Father has done and your heart is at rest. It makes your heart ready to receive it. So today, choose to be thankful. Choose to be thankful. The Father didn't pay for your depression. He says, I have not given you the spirit of fear. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, Isaiah 41 verse 10, I hope we're still with our Bibles. Isaiah 41 verse 10, it says, it says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So you are the place of victory with God. He has held you. He is with you. He is for you. He's going before you. He's going with you. He's going after you. I hope you have, you have learned a lot today. I hope your heart has been expanded to see that the plans God have for you as, as it was told in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 are thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end and every promise of God to us are yes and amen through Jesus Christ that we are told in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 so lastly let's open to John 16 verse 33 it says I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Do you know what that means? Because I have victory, you have victory. That's what Christ is telling you. I, the, the grave wasn't able to stop me. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. Because they weren't able to stop his purpose, nothing can stop you. So be of good cheer because Jesus is alive today. Be of good cheer because Jesus is in you and he is working in you. He's giving you the power both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I bless your heart today. And I pray that every strand of fear and depression is swallowed up in the understanding that God has loved you. He has loved you without reservations. So why would he watch you? Be scared and not do nothing. Stay with the fact that we have victory. We act from rest. We plan from rest. We prepare from rest, knowing that we already have a victory because we are held by the right hand of our Father. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you, Jesus, for this word. Thank you for everyone who has here. Thank you because faith is dead in our heart again and we have come to trust 
wholeheartedly on the finished work of Christ that it is enough. It is enough for the life we want to live. It has paid for all our expenses. It has paid for everything we need for good living. And we will trust you. Even when we don't see, we know you are working for our good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For we are eternally grateful for the cross. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, so thank you for staying tuned. Well, we have a short confession for you. I'd love you to say this after me. Thank you, Father, for the cross. I accept all that the cross has provided. Thank you, God, for you are enough. I see myself in your sufficiency, though I may not be in control. I acknowledge that my father is in control. And as the joy said before him, my story always ends well. I choose faith over fear. I am ever assured of your love. Thank you, God. Glory! <laughs> So yes, guys, we have come to the end of today's episode. I am blessed. I'm not going to lie. I am blessed myself. I hope your heart too. I hope your hearts have been stirred up again with faith that God loves you. And he's doing everything, everything. No, he's doing. He has done everything to give you the life you want. So we're going to go out there with the confidence that Christ has paid for the life I want. So yes though we may be expensive though we may have big dreams he paid it all see our next episode july yes we are going to be talking on something special again trust me you don't want to miss it but if you have any question you have any suggestion you have a contribution you want to tell a story um to encourage somebody's faith you can reach us on whatsapp on 081-729-52470 or you can message us on instagram at g.i.s.t or you can follow us on facebook at g.i.st till next time bye